0: Maybe my favorite grain, buckwheat. Really,
1: your favorite grain?
0: I'm willing to go out on a limb and say that.
1: Can we get out of the way immediately? Hi, I'm buckwheat. Remember me? Unts, <laughs> <Ties. laughs> Fee times, feet, <laughs> times, Yeah. Ah, that bit Wookin is timeless. In all in the wrong places.
0: pun. up, yeah.
1: Thank you, Eddie Murphy. Um, <laughs> I'm all right, so
0: glad you brought that up because I was going to have to <laughs> I, bring it up if you. Did.
1: I didn't actually think of it until just as we were introducing the show. Can you believe that? What's uh, wrong with me?
0: Buckwheat sings.
1: <laughs> yes. Uh, so, what is buckwheat exactly? Is it wheat? And it, if not, is it buck? <laughs> it is
0: not a kind of
1: wheat. But I don't know much more than that.
0: Take it away, Matthew.
1: Uh, okay. Well, I looked this up on Wikipedia last night. Great. So I am I a certified, certified buckwheat expert. Uh, I watched a bunch of Eddie Murphy videos on YouTube and uh, read the, <laughs> the buckwheat Wikipedia page. Um, <laughs> buckwheat disambiguation. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, buckwheat is, uh, it's not a, uh, it's not wheat. It is um, a, uh, a little seed, a little fruit um, in the uh, rhubarb family. Really? Yes. Uh, it doesn't taste like rhubarb. It doesn't look like rhubarb. And we actually have some toasted buckwheat groats. Okay. Right it, here on the table. So
0: where on the plant do, does what we think of as, you know, these buckwheat groats, where do they come from?
1: Um, I the, have found
0: the, the hole in your knowledge. <laughs> they come
1: from the hole. Uh, they're, they come from the the grodery <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You know, they it like it has like maybe it has fronds and they're and they're you shake them off the fronds.
0: Um, yeah, maybe it has
1: like maybe they're like spores
0: that cling to the underside of the leaves. If
1: only there was some way to to figure this out, but it's not, it's beyond the realm of human knowledge. So we're just going to have to enjoy <laughs> these groats. Okay. Um, so what
0: what are these? These are like little nubs
1: uh yeah so they these are these are buckwheat kernels and they've got a really cool shape they're sort of like uh pyramid shaped like uh like a little tetrahedron
0: and they're kind of amber colored huh they're really lovely can can you ever buy these like flattened like rolled oats do you think?
1: I don't know. I know that buckwheat often figures in like a multi grain mixed cereal, so I wouldn't be surprised if you found them flattened in uh in that way. You can actually I, I didn't know this, but I wanted to try it. You can crunch these. Really? They're not they're not very hard at all.
0: You know, now that you mention it, I feel like I may have had mm. And they're like good. I, I feel like I may have had a dish somewhere where I had a fish that was breaded in these like that were crushed up.
1: That sounds great.
0: Yeah. It was really nice. Wow. I can't believe I, I hadn't thought of that until right now.
1: No, I hadn't either. I was, but I mean, if I've got if I've got a groat in my hand, I'm going to put it in my mouth. Yeah, for sure. I'm like a baby that way. So what does one do with buckwheat groats? The buckwheat groats. So you can you can cook them as a cereal, which I have done and we're going to eat in a minute. Um, and I hope it's good. It's called it's called Kasha. Um, and
0: is this eaten a lot? In- not to be
1: confused with Kasha. Also, uh, not to
0: be confused with kashi, the cereal brand,
1: yes, which I think is probably comes from the same root, and I think Kesha probably also comes from the same root if she was shaken, shaken off some fronds
0: <laughs> isn 't kasha eaten a lot in eastern europe am i yeah
1: opinion? so there 's this dish kasha varnishkas, which is it 's cooked buckwheat toasted buckwheat groats with pasta, usually bow tie pasta for some reason mm-hmm. and it 's it 's pretty good it 's like an ancestral food of my people.
0: I've always wanted to try it.
1: Uh, I didn't make it today, but Thanks I, a lot. You know, I made I made the kasha part just not the varnish cuz.
0: Okay, so did you just so let's let's go ahead and taste this. Did you yeah, just yeah. cook it in
1: I just took some some buckwheat groats, um, toasted. You can get them raw or toasted for making for making kasha. Um, they need to be toasted. Okay. Um, and I just cooked them in water with a cinnamon stick and uh, and a pinch of salt. And now we're going to uh, um, put on a little maple syrup and eat it like breakfast cereal style. Yes. Porridge.
0: Okay. This really smells delicious.
1: Uh, it, we've got Kasha here.
0: Wow. This kind of tastes a bit like punishment.
1: Mm. I like the flavor. The texture is weird. Mm. It's It's very mm. mealy.
0: Yeah. Do you think you did something wrong?
1: <laughs> I think it's possible.
0: Shades of the flavor I like in buckwheat flour... But I don't like it.
1: Um, I feel like I would maybe like this cooked less, so that the Mm -hmm. the grains don't like spill out their guts into the mix quite as much.
0: I don't really like anything to spill its its guts in into a bowl. What about a clam? I don't really like clams that much. Uh, Mussels, oysters, yeah, not so much clams.
1: If only we could, if only we could take buckwheat and maybe like grind it up and put it into something more delicious,
0: like a pancake.
1: Oh yes. So, so I think we, the two of us, are probably most familiar with buckwheat in the form of buckwheat flour
0: because we eat a lot of buckwheat flour. I mean, I happen to know this about you.
1: Uh, yeah. So I love, I love buckwheat pancakes. I think, I think we've probably published our buckwheat pancake recipe. I think we before. have. Where did you first come across buckwheat pancakes? I don't remember. I I want to say it was like at some uh European lodge. Uh something I've never been to a European lodge, but uh, in Normandy, Normandy. That's where I came across great, it. Great, Great. Uh you know, where they make uh, or maybe crepes. Brittany? Mm-hmm. Brittany, Normandy, somewhere in somewhere in that area. I think it's Brittany. Brittany, okay. Never they, been there either.
0: They make buckwheat crepes that you would eat with uh, apple cider.
1: Uh oh yes. I I have had buckwheat crepes. Crepes. Uh, I never know whether they say crepes or crepes. What's your What's your take? Crepes. Uh, I know that's how they say it in French, but I found that sometimes when I say crepes in English, people have no idea what I'm talking that's about. That's
0: true. I know.
1: Um, it's like how uh, we had this um, annual uh, school spirit celebration when I was in high school um, called uh, the May Fete. It was actually the May Fete, but everyone pronounced it May Fate because that they thought it is sounded great. sophisticated and Frenchy.
0: That is fantastic.
1: So we met our fate. What were we talking about before that crepe? So where buck- are you first had... Oh, I ducked that question because I don't remember it all, but great. buckwheat hey, crepes are I delicious. remember.
0: Call on me. Oh, oh, yeah. So
1: where did you first have buckwheat pancakes, Molly?
0: <laughs> so when I moved here to Seattle, someone told me about this restaurant in the
1: Fremont neighborhood called the Longshoreman's Daughter. I knew you, you were going to Do you remember say it? I remember it. It had, like, this cool nautical symbol in the window. Yes, I think it... Like I a, don't really remember like that Like a part. fish hook, like, attached to some sort of mm, derrick. I have no idea. <laughs>
0: anyway... Um, They made really big, you know, sort of like salad plate size buckwheat pancakes that were really thin and wonderfully flavorful. They served them with real maple syrup. You could get them with blueberries or not. They were fantastic. And the Longshoreman's Daughter has since turned into a place called Silence Heart Nest. Oh, boy. Uh huh. Not Where, where they, the they would serve people, something but, like,
1: like, like this, this thing m- we're trying yasha, to eat yeah. now. Yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> anyway, Silence Heart Nest. Um, uh, the Longshoreman's Daughter closed, and what is now in its place is Silence Heart Nest, which for me will never equal the, the, the glories of breakfast at the Longshoreman's
1: Daughter. But we should back up a second. Like, why, why put buckwheat flour in a pancake? What does it do that regular old wheat flour cannot?
0: It gives it. Well, so I should specify that I'm not using all buckwheat flour in in my pancakes. I use maybe about a third buckwheat. It gives it um, a wonderful sort of toasty, nutty flavor. It gives it this kind of beautiful, like purplish-gray color.
1: Yes, I love the color. I
0: love the color. And it is wonderful with, um, I really love it with fruit, with blueberries, uh, with bananas. It it just, I love the flavor of buckwheat flour.
1: I do too. I, I, I always want to describe it as throaty. Because it has, it has kind of this, uh, sort of gutsy flavor to it, I Mm -hmm. think, um, that, uh, you know, it gives your, it gives your pancakes some punch. Buckwheat Commission, give us a call. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I've had the the 100% buckwheat flour crepes, and they are really good, and especially when someone else makes them because they are impossible to flip without disaster.
0: Yeah. Hey, have you made buckwheat waffles?
1: I have made buckwheat waffles. In fact, um, I wrote an article about it once, which which, uh, we will link to, and I created this absurd dish that I can't remember all of the components that went into it, but it was like, a buckwheat waffle topped with bacon, caramelized onions, and a fried egg. That sounds Thank fantastic. It was great.
0: Wow. And am I remembering correctly that um, you used Marion Cunningham's yeasted waffle recipe for that?
1: I believe I did.
0: Because I've done the same thing, and it's really wonderful. Um
1: yeah, buck, buckwheat combined with that fermented character of yeast yeah. uh, is really good combination. Man, we're we're really like getting seriously into food this week. I thought, I know, this, we're I thought this was going to be all all like buttwheat jokes.
0: Uh, we got those out of the way too fast. <laughs> yeah, okay. next time we'll have to space them out a little more. Mm-hmm. We should taste something else made with with buckwheat Please. flour. Um, I have made here some cookies that are from Alice Medrich's book. Um Pure dessert, which is a wonderful book. oh, it is. I really love it anyway, she calls these nibby buckwheat butter cookies. It's basically a butter cookie that's got um i I think she uses about a third buckwheat flour um the rest is is all purpose and some cacao nibs. And
1: they're great. I've, I've had this cookie before, so I'm not going to bother to have one now. Just kidding. What? Uh, <laughs> um, I love these cookies. Um, Lori, my wife, made them one time, and uh, they were so good that they inspired uh, me and Iris to to break out into song. Okay. And so every time she makes them now, we say, Nippy Buckwheats,
0: Nippy Buckwheats. <laughs> so one thing I really love about these cookies is they get better after the first day. Oh, God, this is so good. Isn't it delicious? So simple. It's just a slice and bake cookie.
1: Um, can we do a uh, a show about mm. cocoa nibs sometime? hmm Because mm. I feel like I would like to know more about them. Sure.
0: Yeah. Oh, God. These cookies are great. And I love the little kind of black flecks in them from the buckwheat flour.
1: Me too. This is such a great cookie.
0: Mm. That's it. We should just end the episode here. hmm Everybody go make cookies. Mm. Oh, Yeah. Thank don't, you, don't you wish, Alice Medrich.
1: Don't you wish you were here eating cookies instead of whatever sad thing it is you're doing?
0: Mm-hmm. Maybe you're driving your car. Maybe, mm-hmm. God forbid, you're exercising while listening to this. Oh
1: boy! But then, in that case, you deserve a cookie. You do. Get come off on, that come on over right now. We got, we got extras.
0: So you know, before we finish up, I feel like it wouldn't be fair to not acknowledge the. Um, the other savory use of these cookies that that is not intended for breakfast or whatever, and that would be soba noodles.
1: You said the other savory use of these cookies. <laughs> oh, well, I so just... to make soba noodles, you start with cookies. <laughs> you grind them up.
0: <laughs> kids love them. Um, no, I mean the other savory use of buckwheat flour. The kids do actually I... love
1: soba noodles. I think these
0: cookies just. I eat one and I can't do anything except just want to eat another one and talk about them and eat more and talk about them. And- uh,
1: it's, it's such an unexpected cookie. I mm. mean, like, like buckwheat flour, uh, cocoa nibs. Okay, but soba noodles. Um, You know, soba noodles are the Japanese noodles made with buckwheat flour. They can be made with a mix of buckwheat and wheat flour like your cookies, mm-hmm. or with 100% buckwheat flour, which is sort of a uh, a test of skill because like the crepes, when you use 100% buckwheat flour, it doesn't have gluten in it. So they are very fragile.
0: Is buckwheat in general, I mean, it is gluten-free intrinsically.
1: It is intrinsically gluten-free. Mm-hmm. But yes.
0: it, they're probably, the groats are probably often processed in places that use gluten. So anyway, if you're gluten-free, you know.
1: Yeah, obviously, you know, do your do your homework, but but in principle, yes, buckwheat is totally gluten free. That's cool. um, kind of uh, awesome. To to me, like the 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 classic soba dish is zaru soba, which mm-hmm. is uh, it's cold soba on like like a wicker basket or, or wicker tray with um, a dipping with sauce. With a dipping sauce, and that's it.
0: And often afterwards, they bring you uh, in like a little teapot the the uh, the water that the soba was cooked in, and yes. you to drink that.
1: I love that. Um, I
0: I like it, you know, I don't know. Well, you don't 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 drink the
1: water straight. You you mix it with the leftover dipping sauce. I mean, you can drink the the water straight. Nobody told me that. I'm (laughs) sitting there torturing myself drinking like starchy water. Right. No, it's uh, you mix it, mix it up. It's a cocktail. But, yeah, but, I mean, but you can buy dry soba in the in the store. You don't, you don't have to, like, deal with 100% buckwheat flour and apprentice for five years um, with a soba master. You can buy dry soba. Um, it's, uh, you know, it cooks just like any pasta, and, uh, you know, soba dishes are really great. There is this soba dish that I love that is, like, the opposite of zato Soba because it's, uh, you know, all over the place. Uh, it is from The New Steak by Cree Lefebvre, Uh and it is soba noodles with... Um, Diced Asian pear, flank steak, and Napa cabbage, served God, that co- sounds cold cold. It's great.
0: That sounds great. Brandon often makes a soba noodle dish that is uh, also the opposite of austere. It is um, soba noodles with a peanut sauce. He puts a lot of like lime juice in oh, the peanut yes, sauce. Oh, yes.
1: Yes, I and remember that dish. Of, yeah,
0: and whatever vegetables we have in the crisper drawer, it is a great kind of standby lunch.
1: And doesn't he often put some hot sauce, sambal oelek, something does, like that? And Yeah, I've made, I've made that yeah. from yeah. Brandon's recipe, and it's terrific. Yeah.
0: So maybe we can link to uh, to that cookbook, and we could link to his recipe, Brandon's recipe.
1: Yeah. So if you if you haven't uh, set stepped into the world of buckwheat, uh, we're we're giving you we're giving you the opportunity to put both feet. Come, and
0: come join us we are knee deep in it we
1: are knee deep in kasha <laughs> we uh please <laughs> please send help help us <laughs> um yeah so it's kasha very healthy in kasha America. probably not the best place to start uh nibby buckwheat cookies definitely the best place to start mm-hmm. uh all right so um find us online at spilledmilkpodcast.com where you'll find a recipe yeah we'll post the kasha recipe what the hell uh the nibby buckwheat cookie recipe uh we'll link to the new steak and uh that other recipe that we talked oh Brandon's uh, um, spicy peanut soba noodle recipe
0: Mm -hmm. and you can also find us on iTunes where you can leave a review should you feel so generous
1: yeah do what you feel you can also take a moment I have a nib in my throat Uh, you can also find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Spilled Milk Podcast, where uh, recently I've been posting some like, you know, behind the scenes, behind the music kind of stuff. Wow. Um, you can you can see what goes on uh, here here at the uh, recording session in our uh, lavish um, recording studio. Mm-hmm. And until next time, thank you for listening to Spilled Milk. We need to set this joke up very, very carefully, or it will be a disaster. Okay. Okay. Uh, Thank you for listening to Spilled Milk Sings. Call (laughs) call in the next 10 minutes, and you'll receive, at no extra charge, uh, this this... leftover (laughs) kasha,
0: Nice and cold.
1: Refreshing. (laughs) I'm Matthew Amsterburton. And I'm
0: Molly Weisenberg. and there was there was that
1: one that we had to look up and found the original song and it was like by um, some hairy 70s guys
0: reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest but let me play devil's advocate here let's see so no that's a good thing Uh, (laughs) that's definitely not a problem Uh, reese's you did it
1: you stumped this charming devil